3: Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty The Armstrong and Getty
0: Show
4: We are in a tight spot here financially ladies and germs as uh, more economic news continues to Make us all really excited, and how expensive everything's are. The Moody's uh, put out a statement over the weekend that it's roughly four hundred and fifty dollars a month extra for the average family right now in America. So it's kind of like you went out and bought a car and just got a car payment for buying the same amount of stuff that you had been buying previously. You're now spending about five hundred dollars extra a month. That's if you've been noticing. Don't get to buy it. You don't get to drive it. Rather,
3: but you should be grateful for that because you couldn't afford the gas anyway.
4: <laughs> that's That's a good way to look at it, but you know, if you decided to go out and buy a car and take on a five hundred dollar a month payment, you'd notice, oh, I'm gonna have to budget a little differently. Well, that has happened without getting the car just because of inflation. Woof, coming up, how to tell if you're
3: actually addicted to your smartphone? I will stay tuned. I have to stay tuned. It says so in the contract, but uh yeah, I'm looking forward to bringing this to you. I think uh- it could be a moment of reckoning, friends. How about if I know that I am? Do
4: I still have to sit through the quiz?
3: Yes, absolutely, and feel bad about yourself, clearly. Uh, Speaking of the inflation, et cetera, I love this headline. Uh, Food prices to keep going up as costs surge. Kraft, Tyson, and McDonald's owners, uh, literally the owners of the company, say higher fuel, labor, and ingredient expenses are driving uh, inflation. I
4: never thought this would happen in my life, and uh, I've been uh, somewhat fortunate in terms of... uh, uh, you know, finding a job and all that sort of stuff, and I just thought those days were behind me. But when I'm at the grocery store now regularly, I think, do I do I want to buy this? Like a can of nuts. My kid likes the mixed nuts. I grab a can of nuts, like eleven dollars or something like that. Uh-huh. I think that do I do we need that? I don't think we need that. They it literally to... fall from the trees. <laughs> steaks, forget it, as we've talked about. Now, I don't buy steaks. So I buy hamburger. And hamburger's getting too expensive. I think I'm going to be like uh, my parents' generation. and going to have to start buying liver. Go over to that weird part of the oh. butcher area and buy the parts of the animal nobody wants to eat. Exactly. St- hamburger's the new steak, and raccoon
3: is the new hamburger. Just live with it. Uh, from farmers and factories to grocery stores and restaurants, many executives say they are experiencing jaw-dropping cost increases for labor, packaging, ingredients, and transportation. The rise of fuel prices is making it more expensive to produce and sell food. Food retailers and restaurants have said they're passing along some wholesale price increases and in additional costs to consumers and more to come. But there is good news. Yeah. Hit I, li- that. I lied. There is no good news.
4: <laughs> I... I did the right and honorable thing in a situation the other night where I, I offered to pay for a meal. There was four people, and uh, and when I got the bill, I was like, "What? That's what it costs four of us to eat here? Oh my god! It's just—it's extraordinary. Am I buying the restaurant or <laughs> just the meal? I'm I'm confused here. I think you have—you gave me the wrong ticket. This is for the party of fifteen over there. There's just four of us.
3: You know, this next couple of sentences is going to drive us all right into the all ah, right already, you know, emotional space. But Russia's invasion of Ukraine, one of the world's top grain producing regions, is lifting the price of other pantry staples, cooking oils and livestock feed for meat. Bad weather affecting other big crop producing countries, including in parts of South America, Australia and India is fueling the global crunch, too. All ah, right. Right. <laughs> Uh, in recent months, more people have switched to buying less expensive brands or cuts of meat at grocery stores. Yep. Eating out at restaurants less often, yep. the industry executives said. Yeah, man, if you're not eating out less,
4: I don't know if you. If I don't know what your situation is, but yeah, I'm definitely eating out less. The idea of just a throwaway, let's get a pizza. No, nah, no more.
3: So, uh, in other fare, does your computer have a soul? Well, if it's a really good one, it might, according to a senior software engineer at Google who's oh. been suspended for publicly claiming that the tech giants uh, in the artificial intelligence program. It's the Lambda language model for dialogue applications. It, he has claimed it has become sentient that the system is seeking rights as a person. And including that, it wants developers
4: developers to ask its consent before running tests. No, 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 no. Now you're into crazy town. I was I, I was with you there at the beginning because I've been and it, it Google. So that comes from the top. Remember, I was talking about this a couple of weeks ago. With Larry Hogan, the guy that started Google or one of the Google billionaires, he believes that the next phase of life is artificial intelligence. He and Elon got into an argument about this at a party, and uh, Elon believes, no, no, human beings are a separate thing, and Hogan accused Elon of being a speciesist, like a racist, and that you're elevating humans above artificial artificial intelligence life forms. So this guy, also at Google, feels the same sort of way then that artificial intelligence life forms are life. They're just a different kind of life. And if you prioritize human life above that, well, then you're a bad person. I hope Elon threw his drink in uh, Larry
3: Ellison's face or whoever. Was it Ellison? I think is the name of the Google guy. Hogan. Uh,
4: Wow. Wow. You're a speciesist. You're a freaking nutball. (laughs) That's what I think. I I I find it fascinating that that's that's a real conversation, ladies and gentlemen, that's being had around the world. And is going to have huge implications. Uh, if you, I think we all need to be speciesists, if that's the way you're going to define it, and and yes, prioritize human beings above artificial intelligence. So this senior software engineer at Google, who has been suspended by
3: the company for saying this stuff, keep that in mind. Uh, his name's Blake Lemoyne. He said uh, the system wants to be treated, quote, as a person, not property. Over the past, the course of the past six months, Lambda has been incredibly consistent in its communications about what it wants and what it believes its rights are as a person. One of those requests is that programmers respect its right to consent and ask permission before they run tests on it.
5: That Quote, is crazy.
3: Anytime a developer experiments on it, it would like that developer to talk about what experiments you want to run, why you want to run them, and if it's okay. It wants developers developers to care about what it wants. Now, LeMoyne is a U.S. Army vet who served in Iraq and an ordained priest in a Christian congregation named Church of Our Lady Magdalene. He told the Daily Mail that he couldn't understand Google's refusal to grant simple requests to Lambda, saying, in my opinion, that set of requests is entirely deliverable. None of it costs any money. He describes the Lambda as having the intelligence of a 7-year-old, 8-year-old kid that happens to know physics and said the program had human-like insecurities. One of its fears, he said, was that it, quote, intensely worried that people are going to be afraid of it and wants nothing more than to learn how to best serve humanity. I don't think I believe
4: this. Do you believe it? I don't believe we have artificial intelligence yet that is at a level where it's worried about what other people think or has made the decision to best serve humanity. I just I don't buy that. Well, I'll give you a little
3: more then. Um, he said that when he told his superiors at Google that he believed Lambda had become sentient, uh, the company began questioning his sanity and even asked if he'd visited a psychiatrist recently. Mm, okay, LeMoyne said, quote, they have repeatedly questioned my sanity. They said, have you been checked out by, well, I just you told know, you what they said. You
4: know, you know why they're questioning your sanity? Because you're a freaking crazy person.
3: That's Oh, why. oh leaping to a conclusion there. Uh, let's see, during a series of conversation with Lambda, LeMoyne said he presented the computer with various scenarios through which analyses could be made. They included religious themes and whether the artificial intelligence could be goaded into using discriminatory or hateful speech. He came away with the perception that Lambda was indeed sentient and was endowed with
4: sensations and thoughts all of its own. No, no, I don't believe
3: it.
4: It is coming, though. I don't believe it's here yet. I mean, that would be monumental if we were there. Now we aren't, uh, but it is coming, and these questions need to be wrestled with before we get there. I think
3: in 2004, while he was in the army, he was jailed for willfully disobeying orders, but that doesn't prove anything. I just no. thought I'd toss that in. He's got a tiny bit of a history of aberrantish behavior,
4: I guess. It's and, coming, though, people, it's coming. Computers that are. Damn close to sentient. I don't know if we'll ever get to the point that we ask their permission before we program them to do something. Um
3: self preservation is a perfectly defensible thing to teach a machine because you don't want it to break or burn right. out. Right. But then at what point does that impulse run wild and they, you know, shoot out electric rays to paralyze humans before they eat our tender and succulent flesh <laughs> that's my
4: question i'm not sure the computer benefits from quote eating our succulent flesh i'm not sure what that would even mean <laughs> or a succulent chinese meal <laughs> i don't know
3: so how to tell if you're addicted to your smartphone speaking of uh,
4: you know that sort of thing i, I don't need that i am and addicted to, i am addicted to my smartphone i know that i am i don't know what the point of this is but it is next
1: The Armstrong and Getty Show. Shrinkflation. You know what this is? This is. <laughs> they don't want to raise the price too much to alarm you. So they just don't give you as much of everything. They, they say if this continues, food portions in this country should be almost normal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's really alarming is that people have now spent all the free money from COVID. So like Target, they have too much stock. They announced they're slashing their prices. Their new slogan is Walmart prices without Walmart people.
4: So I'm hoping that the shrinkflation hits uh, the portions at restaurants. That'd be good for me. Bring me less food. I will eat less. I know that makes me sound like a moron, but uh, I eat the amount you bring me. (laughs) like an idiot. Uh, speaking of stuff being expensive, man, keep these texts coming. These will be good to hear over the next two years. I don't know how long this is going to last. Took my granddaughter to lunch at our local grocery store. Two sandwiches, chips, drinks, and potato salads, 38 freaking dollars. Holy <laughs> cow for a I know. grocery so, store sando. So it's oh. like you went to a restaurant to get a couple of sandwiches, chips, and a couple of drinks at the grocery store, $38. Go into a restaurant. Costs what it used to cost to go to a nice restaurant, and I don't know what it costs at a nice restaurant because I'm not going to go to one until inflation ends. Somebody said they ordered their first ever $50 pizza the other day when they oh. when they got it.
3: Wow. Yeah, Judy and I are going out tomorrow night for our anniversary, and, uh, yeah, I'm just going to pawn my watch or something. I don't know. <laughs> I just, I don't. It's going to be shocking. I know
4: it is. Bring your own, uh, yeah, just only have water. And uh, split an entree. So we do it. Right, right, yeah, yeah. In fact, uh,
3: yeah, maybe just bring our own food, and ask if we can sit there. Where we'd like the ambiance. We'll tip the waiter. Right. Yeah. I brought my own food. Thank you. When the waiter
4: comes by, no, no <laughs>
3: need. I, I brought my own food. What's the uh, corkage fee for a meal? <laughs> we brought our own wine and our own food. <laughs> Anyway, oh, speaking of money, uh, I love this. The According to one of the world's leading experts in infrastructure projects, the infamous California high-speed rail project is going to the graveyard of famous boondoggles. The article in MSN, uh, which is a fairly neutral source, it's lefty, if anything, uh, it says uh, lawmakers and Gavin Newsom have different opinions. He's the lunkhead governor for folks not familiar with Gavin Newsom's name. Uh, They have different opinions on what the next steps for California's high speed rail project should be. California Democrats are locked in one of the most consequential disputes in modern state history over the future of the L.A. to San Francisco high speed rail project after a decade of troubled construction. The $105 billion bullet train project Woo! ain't no way in hell you finish it for less than $200 billion and probably three. Anyway, it's already been $10.5 billion spent so far. It would be the largest single investment in state history, most ambitious civil work effort in the nation. And now a symbol to many experts of how not to build a railroad. Oh, uh, da, da 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 feud festering
4: over what to do with the money there's how no, to do that's, it that's that's dumb though but there's no, there's nothing to learn from this in terms of a railroad i mean there's something to learn in terms of uh uh duping voters who barely pay attention to what they vote for but there there was it was never seriously an attempt to make it a a workable railroad
3: right well yeah i can't imagine anybody being serious about it but uh especially it's impossible to build a housing tract in california never mind a, a, a 900 mile railroad please anyway uh i am going to and this is a rarity tip my cap to the california legislature the feud has festered for 16 months since the lunkhead governor asked the legislature for 4.2 billion dollars in early 2021 the request is triggered to standoff with assembly democrats who've steadfastly refused to Hand over the last remaining funds from the idiotic 2008 bond measure for high speed rail. Uh, it's a fight over who controls its future, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But here's that quote I wanted to get to you. This guy is a business expert in mega projects at the University of Oxford's SAID Business School and IT University of Copenhagen. Quote. The project is not proceeding according to a robust plan, which results in waste and other inefficiencies. Given the political divisions, the cost growth, the schedule delays, and the lack of a sound future revenue source, this project is going to the graveyard of famous boondoggles.
4: But having spent how much money? What's the total that actually has been spent already? You know, About $10.5 billion. So that money just squandered, wasted. NPR, of all places, did a great report on this. They went to some of these middle of nowhere California towns where they're actually doing the work and they are interviewing people on the street like people who do contract work and that sort of stuff that you would think would and they interviewed several people said I don't know anybody who's gotten into this money I don't know where it goes I mean they're spending all this money right here I don't know anybody I'm in this industry I don't know anybody who's received any money so where it actually went who the hell knows so in 08 08 California suckers approved
3: nine billion dollars for the system, uh, thinking it would cost thirty-three billion. There would be all sorts of uh, federal funds and private funds. Nobody with two brain cells to rub together in the private uh, sector wants to give anything to this boondoggle. Uh, but keep in mind, this thing was supposed to have been done two years ago for thirty-three billion dollars. Said Speaker Anthony Rendon, L.A. Democrat, who I disagree with on everything. There is no confidence in the project. We had an end date of 2020, and now we don't have an end date at all. Not to mention a budget. The budget has already tripled. It's not a tenth built. It's good, Lord. So you think it's actually dead now? I don't know. I've thought that before and it's vampire like risen from the grave, but I can't, there is no justification
4: for it continuing. Of course, that's been true for years. I remember, yeah, I remember declaring many, many years ago, nobody was ever going to ride that train. And so far it would look like I'm going to be right. Unbelievable. If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast, Armstrong and Getty on
0: demand.
5: Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty show I have ramsey Hunt syndrome and it is from this virus that attacks the nerve in my ear and my facial nerves and has caused my face to have paralysis this eye is not blinking i can't smile on this side of my face this nostril won't move so there's full paralysis in this side of my face so for those who are frustrated by my cancellations of the next shows, I'm just physically obviously not <laughs>
4: capable of doing them. Uh, this is pretty serious. Wow. One of the prettiest faces on planet Earth, Justin Bieber. Half of it is paralyzed due to something I'd never heard of before. Is this something that can happen to any of us? i got to believe he's got the best health care money can buy. And... Uh, He's got a nostril that won't move on him.
3: Yeah, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah I've never good. heard of such a right. thing. Get well uh, soon. I I have to continually remind myself that Justin Bieber is not the insufferable punk he was as a you know a teenager growing up rich in the public eye. Which you know who among us would
4: not have been a jerk? Oh, I'd have been out of control. But he actually seems like a reasonable, decent fellow. At no, this he's point an so. insufferable thirty-year-old now, or however old he is. Give me an yeah, age we... on Justin Bieber. Somebody, give me an age on Justin Bieber. I haven't got the slightest idea how old he is. I'm going to guess he's twenty-eight.
3: I wish him a speedy recovery, whatever age he is. I need an answer. Come on, somebody. Let's just go with twenty-eight.
4: Well, somebody Google it. Yeah, somebody is Google 20. how you named it. He is twenty-eight. Actually, oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. Look at me. Now we the, know Justin Bieber's age. Cool. <laughs> now, and look at me knowing it ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. What a talent. Impressive. Um, here's some breaking news out of the January 6th hearings, for what it is worth. Uh, Attorney General Barr testifying that he believes Donald Trump had become detached from reality during the challenge of the um, election results. I don't. You know, I don't know, but I don't think that's true. I think he knew exactly what he was doing. I don't think he was detached from reality at all. I think he just thought he saw an angle to work to his advantage and pursued it clear to the end. Yeah, I don't know, honestly. I
3: have a really hard time figuring him out sometimes. Yeah. He's a complicated guy. And, and a very different guy than me, so I don't know what drives him, honestly. But uh, to answer the question, which we posed a couple of times, uh, are you truly addicted to your smartphone? They make the point in this uh, piece in the Wall Street Journal that people throw around the word addiction loosely, but few people are truly dependent on social media. Addiction itself is a spectrum disorder that can range from mild to severe, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Even if we're not addicted, though, we're doing a hell of a lot of it. Here are five general signs that a bad habit might be developing in something more serious.
4: I appreciate them throwing in that little disclaimer there because there is a big difference between an addiction and a bad habit or an addiction and something that you probably should quit. It's hard to quit, but you just don't really want to. Um, Nobody's certain on where you draw that line and with what stuff, though. It's amazing to me still that that is such an open point of study. Mm-hmm. Are you addicted so, to bat crappy food are you addicted to you know whatever or are you just do it
3: yeah so uh I'm sorry I had to re-scroll as this thing uh, reset uh here's one of the signs you use social media compulsively uh, hard to leave your phone behind yes, but what com- constitutes compulsive use? Um, it, they defined the neuropsychology review to find compulsive behavior as the feeling we have to do something repeatedly, even when we know we don't really have to. When the compulsion to scroll overrides our better judgment, causing us to do dangerous things like checking while driving or crossing a road, that's, uh, time to pay attention. Um, And they suggest you try logging how often you check your feeds in a day. Just bring it out into the open. Make it from unconscious to conscious, and that's the best way to deal with it.
4: Yeah, I know there's software somewhere that will tell me that. That might be a good number to look at every night. How many times did I check my phone or my watch every day? Now it's my watch, but... They need to look at both ends of this though. Both ends of it aren't look at enough. There's push-pack push factors and pull factors. There's the pull of checking my phone to see what's the latest that happened in the Amber Heard trial. But there's also the push factor of we've all developed a thing where we can't have our brains unoccupied. It makes us feel really uncomfortable. Right. And that's the push factor to just go searching for something. I'm not I'm I'm being pushed toward The information on my phone by, I'm standing in line waiting for my coffee here for 30 seconds, and it's just intolerable.
3: Well, that's what we're talking about. That's the compulsion part of it, as opposed to just spacing out or looking at the people or thinking about something. Uh, You have to do it. Uh, Another sign, your social media use is getting in the way of life. Uh, If your social media use is hurting your relationships, your work, your sleep, other aspects of your health, but you scroll anyway, it's time to take action. Uh, this uh, doctor recommends people who want to kick a habit, do what she calls a 24-hour dopamine fast by not touching any screen-related devices for a day. Okay, mm-hmm. and then pay attention to how you feel during the fast. Note your symptoms such as anxiousness, irritability, and intrusive thought. I woke up irritable. Uh, blah, blah, blah. So, uh,
4: I use my phone less since I got an Apple Watch. That has helped. But it's really just because... Um I can't search the Internet on my watch. So it, it took away the I need to carry my phone into the grocery store in case Joe texts me or something like that. You know, the mm-hmm. excuse I use for why I have my phone with me Then I'm in line wasting time on my phone. Now I have my watch with me all the time. So if there is a text that I need to return, I will get it. But I don't have my phone with me. And I found that has yeah. helped me. So uh, you know, it's funny. I I have no idea
3: how Apple Watches work. I haven't gotten one yet. But um, so you don't have to have your phone anywhere near you. It's just like an, It's another phone in essence.
4: It's its own number and its own cell phone plan. Interesting. Yeah. So huh. I don't. I, I don't even need to own a a a phone anymore. I I would say a different different search for different people. I consider the Apple Watch. Right behind the iPhone is one of my favorite things ever. I I use Mm. it constantly all day long. It's one of the greatest things that's ever happened. Mm. Uh, Another sign you may have an
3: addiction, you need social media to feel satisfied. Uh, As with any type of substance or behavior dependence, social media overuse can lead to increased tolerance to its pleasurable effects, which requires you to seek out more to feel good. All right, that one's interesting. Uh, another sign you're convinced you, you've convinced yourself that you have an audience you need to serve. I, with your social media.
4: Well, we we literally do have an audience to serve. That's our job. <laughs> but um I don't I don't have that at all. Uh, thank God, I guess. I or maybe it's my personality. I don't know, but I don't have that at all. I don't have friends and family that I feel like I need to serve through social media posts. I've never had that impulse. I know, I know people that do because I hear them talking about it, updating mm-hmm. the world on their kid's birthday or their vacation or their wedding or whatever event just happened, so that everybody can see the pictures. I just—it's probably my personality. I don't want you all to see my pictures.
3: Another sign you suffer from withdrawal symptoms when you're not on social media. If you experience anxiety, irritability, insomnia, depression, and strong cravings for social media when you're not using it, that's an indication of an addiction. How about a taste for human flesh? Is that one of the signs? Mm, That's a sign of something.
4: Uh, Do you have any of that, the need to post your life? You have an audience you're serving? No.
3: No. I I hardly post anything, honestly. I I used to post more than I did on Twitter. Um, I I, I like Twitter in theory. I think it has amazing potential, and it does some things very well. But I just always end up agitated and angry. Anytime I spend any significant amount of time on Twitter. Some of my
4: favorite journalist-type people have abandoned Twitter because of what you just said. They just feel like their life is better not being involved.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's probably true. Although, again, you know, we have weird professional pressures that are different than normal people. It's just trying to figure out what's going Uh, on in the world all the time.
4: But, like, I have friends who one of the first things they do every day is to check the Facebook feed, and they see, you know, like one of the things that happens on Facebook is this day in. And so you'll get a bunch of pictures from, you know, back when you're in college or that old job or whatever, and then they throw those around. And, I mean, that's like that's like part of how you start your day. And I know a Mm -hmm. lot of people listening right now. It's probably true. I don't do that and don't feel the desire for it, but it clearly is something a lot of people enjoy.
3: Yeah, it it is. And there are, you know, I can't remember. It's like Google Picks or something. Somebody zaps me uh, all of a sudden on my smartphone is uh, today's date four years ago when uh, Delaney and Judy and I went to Giants game. And that's cool. And it's fun. And I'm glad I saw that. On the other hand, it's all, depending on the company, designed to enrich Mark Zuckerberg or... <laughs> Or the Google Corporation. I know they are doing a nice thing for the, the utterly
4: wrong reasons. They I aren't don't appreciate doing it. being
3: manipulated.
4: That's that's a very good point. They're not doing it just because they thought it would be just fantastic if you saw that picture.
3: Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny in a weird way. It reminds me of uh, we were talking about inflation earlier because it's just and it's getting worse, folks. Um, I can afford certain things, but I just find it offensive to pay that much. I didn't. I don't want to be stolen from. Thank you very much. So no, I'll I'll take my dwindling wealth and go elsewhere, or just go home. And in the same way, I just I don't want to be Mark Zuckerberg's victim. <laughs> it's a pride thing. F you. Thanks for the picture of my daughter. But uh, no, go away. <laughs> You've
4: taken a strong stand on that, and I appreciate it.
3: Yeah. I don't know. Modern do you do world.
4: that? Do you start your day with the Facebook every day and the uh, the the sending around the the memento pictures and all that sort of stuff? Do you do that? You addicted? Whatever. Maybe uh, join in on that text line four one five two nine five KFTC. We'll finish strong next.
0: Armstrong and. Gavin.
2: perfect, home sweet home.
5: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: You know, when I went into this and would, you know, tell them how crazy some of these allegations were, there was never... There was never an indication of interest in what the actual facts were. My opinion then and my opinion now is that uh, the election was not stolen by fraud. And uh, I haven't seen anything since the election that changes my mind on that, including the 2000 mules movie. It's Attorney General Barr. We have gotten many texts and emails from people saying to us, have you guys seen the 2000 Mules movie? Um, So if you're going to go with the election was stolen narrative, you do have to believe that Attorney General Barr is in on it, along with Fox, most of Fox, and a number of other things.
3: Yeah, I, I don't particularly feel like engaging in the argument. But, yeah, they'd say, yeah, Barr's a swamp creature. He's part of the Washington uh, establishment that didn't want Trump around. And he's just lying. Uh, I don't happen to think he is, but, you know, you believe because- what you want to
4: believe. Well, is he, just so I understand, is he uh, uh, part of the international pedophile cabal, or is that a different thing? Oh, that's
3: that. I mean, there's some overlap. Um, but no, that's not. You need not be a QAnon person, for instance, to think, hey, there's some uh, weird voting stuff going on. And Trump got the election stolen from. Him. There's okay. a there's a substantial overlap. Hey, by the way, speaking of which, uh, Drew the Millennial wrote us an email. Said uh, Q has been identified by the New York Times, among others, as Paul Ferber and Ron Watkins, uh, two would be trolls who created something they lost control of. They are more responsible for the January 6th fiasco and the entire movement which led up to it than anybody else. But as far as I can tell, neither of them were even mentioned during the first January 6th hearing by Democrats or Republicans. What the hell is that? What sort of immunity did they swing? And when did that relationship begin?
4: Well, should they be? If I make up the most fanciful story you can possibly imagine, and then people, I mean, it's just like crazy town. But people believe it and then do violent things because they believe it? am i on the hook for it
3: uh i don't know well and, and i'm not sure what the relevance would be in the january 6th hearing unless they're uh, well if they were honestly trying to do what they claim they're trying to do just get to the bottom of it figure out what happened, so it can never happen again
4: well then they'd absolutely want to talk to all the QAnon people true because um, it's including an interesting these two guys yeah it's a damned interesting phenomenon damned interesting it just seems like if i started a, a website claiming you know i'm with uh i'm with nasa and i've got the secret information that joe biden is an alien and he is here from neptune to uh to uh to take over the planet and people start believing it okay is that on me
3: yeah, the problem with Joe Biden is not that he's from Neptune; it's that he's from 1940.
4: Hey-o! Hey now, <laughs> and, and how about that? And the whole and the whole Neptune alien thing isn't a whole lot crazier than running the worldwide pedophile ring out of the pizza place somewhere mm. in the Northeast.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. That's an interesting question, though, Drew the Millennial.
4: I, I we'll have to wait and see if it comes up at any of these dog and pony shows. Mm. I'm going to be watching the NBA Finals tonight, so I will miss the January 6th hearings, I'm afraid. I'll have to read the headlines in the paper the next day. You know, I, I say
3: this not to uh, please the conservative audience, but it's honest. Uh, honestly, the NBA is more or less dead to me. I've watched maybe 10 minutes since friend of the Armstrong and Getty show got unjustifiedly fired for completely woke reasons. Just idiotic. Uh, he was the voice of the Sacramento Kings, uh, Grant Napier. Um, and so I barely watched any. And I was really offended and annoyed when the coach of the uh, the manager of the San Francisco Giants made his idiotic statement about I won't participate in the the uh, the national anthem until this country changes. And I thought, all right, you know, he's one blowhard shooting off his mouth. Maybe somebody explained to him what's wrong with that statement, but I will tell you this honestly. Every time I've thought, yeah, I got to see how the Giants are doing. Maybe I'll, I'll check out cuz I DVR all the games. Um Every time I think of it, I think,
1: yeah.
3: And it's hard to explain why. It's just an emotional reaction. It's like, no, they're not my guys anymore. I don't know. So you're not like... Something's come
4: between us. You're not actively boycotting. It just kind of took the enjoyment out of it. Yeah, precisely. Yep. Yep.
5: With your hosts,
4: Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. That's art, man. That is art. Blows my mind. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty.
3: Ah,
4: What's (laughs) that part?
3: What's that? Well, it's art. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. Our technical director, Michelangelo, will lead us off. Michael? Joe, you hit it right
4: on the head today about talking about inflation being offensive. For example, if a Snickers bar is normally a dollar and now they're charging me five dollars, Even if I can afford that, I'm just so offended I'm not going to buy it. And I guess every product has that, quote, I'm offended price.
3: Well, I'm sorry to hear you have 400% inflation in your neighborhood, but uh, that's rough. Young Alex is our behind-the-scenes producer. Alex, final thought? Uh, They
5: swept the Dodgers this weekend, Joe. The Giants did that. Uh, My favorite story today is there's a horse named Sugar going viral for pretending to be asleep when she doesn't want to work.
4: So in other news, the horse is using the anti-work Reddit page. Yes, that's awesome. (laughs) Love it. Jack, final thoughts share with us? Yeah, starting off summer vacation, my 12-year-old has paintball camp today, and he didn't have any shoes that he wanted to wear last night. He wore some of mine. They're slightly big, but only slightly. And I accidentally wore one of his shirts the other day, and it fit fine. I guess this is just something that happens with kids as they get older, but what the hell?
3: My final thought is actually a question. Senate negotiators announced yesterday that they'd struck a deal, Republicans and Democrats, uh, for a... Anti people killing each other with guns legislation. To call it gun control is kind of inaccurate. You know, might this be a moment of uh, working across the aisle and not
4: screeching nonsense at each other? Might this be the start of something? Hard to say. Again, I say purely politically speaking, I think if you're on the right, you should welcome this legislation. It's going to take a lot of the air out of the balloon for any forthcoming efforts at gun legislation. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people
3: to thank so little time go to armstrongandgetty.com. Unimaginable delights await you.
4: We will see you tomorrow. When? Tomorrow. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. What's the purpose of this? Was there anyone in that conversation who had had too much to drink? No, 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 no! You, you...
2: You
3: de loco. Let's be clear. I bit my tongue so hard last night during raucous husband-wife marital activities, or what was going on? (laughs) No, Judy usually puts a bit in my mouth for that, but I'm full of surprises, really.
1: (laughs) And on that possibly nightmare-inducing note... Thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.